What about a Ronald Reagan? I don't have him. You don't have him. Literally, Ronald. barely, barely could give like it's a morning again in America. There's, there's our Ronald official, Reagan, the actor. That's, that's like me. that's a Back to the Future uh, impression. Why is that Back to the Future? So that's a line from Back to the Future. Well, that is indeed. He's like uh, that's in the Michael J. Fox president? voice. Yeah, yeah, Michael J. Fox. Who's president in 1984? Uh, or other way around. <laughs> who's president in 1984? Marty. Marty. Who is it? <laughs> and then Marty's like Ronald Reagan. He goes the actor. Listeners, welcome back to the Lost in Postulation podcast. I'm Nicola Volpi, and I am joined by someone who just stepped off of the picket line, defying orders from the Podcasting Union Guild to come into work to record this for you guys. It's Neil Fitzpatrick. I hope you appreciate the sacrifices we're going through here, guys. This is unprecedented. I don't think we've ever done this, actually, have we? No, I was a bit on the ropes thinking you you might not show up. You yeah. might, you know, tow the party union line, but... You would think. You're here. I'm a scab. I have uh, broken the picket line. Scab, 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 scab. It's worth it for the listeners. Billy they, Elliot. Exactly, exactly. Now, what the listeners won't know, actually, is that we're recording two episodes in one week because we plan still to release these in the normal timing, right? Exactly. So, in fact, it's only this conversation now that will enlighten the listeners as to our severe or intense dedication to the podcast cause that we're doing an episode here today, only two days after the last one came out. Unreal. Unbelievable stuff. And all for you guys. Yeah. Let's let's pat ourselves on the back even more. This is uh, this is what people want to hear. It's a bit like uh, when you go see uh, Top Gun Maverick and you have yeah. the, the Tom Cruise cameo in the beginning. 100%. Thank you guys for coming out and taking the time to see this on the big screen. It really means a lot. I, I did like that. I don't know why. Yeah. He spoke to you, didn't he? Yeah. As a fellow Scientologist. I, yeah, exactly. Love that. Uh, <laughs> that's an episode as well we need to get into. You had a big fascination with the, yeah. the Church of Scientology. Sure did. And a top tip for anyone based in Copenhagen, the main European headquarters of Scientology is in Copenhagen and it's opposite a very nice Irish bar with, with tables outside. And a very nice pastime, if you're ever bored, is to go get a pint, sit in the Irish bar and just watch the At the Globe. Yeah, no, it's uh, the Shamrock. Ah, so, the Shamrock. So Shamrock can, Rovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably what they're named after. And you can sit outside there and just watch the comings and goings of the Scientologists in Copenhagen. Okay. And it is nonstop. Like every 10 minutes, people in suits, suits and ties coming in and out. Who knows what they're up to? I would love to know. But yeah, fascinating. Well, just that reminds me of, do you remember when I lived right across the Jehovah's Witness headquarters? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Very... Dodgy, yeah. yeah also, I yeah. don't know if done, but there was always a lot of a lot going on. Yeah. They were coming in and out, uh, suits and ties, always in pairs. Strange. You never saw them alone. They're often sent on missions abroad in pairs. Actually, yeah. Well, that might know. be yeah. a counter harassment thing, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, yeah, it's uh, probably one we could get into the uh, yeah. the entire new religious movements uh, topic. Yeah. Well, and one time I was on holiday in Lanzarote, mm-hmm. and I got a call on my phone from a Danish number and. I answered. Okay. It, it was an unknown caller, right? So it had a country code, whatever. And I answered and started speaking to me in Italian. Mm. A guy from Jehovah's Witness in Copenhagen. Whoa. So what happened here was they somehow got a hold of my number, yeah. did like all the search on how to best approach me. Ouch. And uh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It was really creepy. Didn't work, I can imagine. Well, I blocked the number. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but the guy was like, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not in town now. I'm in, I'm in Lanzarote. It's, Oh, great for you that you're taking time, you know, to be on your holiday. I'm like, yes, it is great for me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's leave this conversation there. Yeah, yeah really, wow. uh, don't like that. Not a fan. I of don't that, like, and I, what I also don't like is I had just changed numbers, mm. so there's a conspiracy there of the phone company feeding this number, mm. selling it down down the river. So however, they got the number. I don't like any of it. You know, no matter what the explanation nope. is, none of it's good. So not a fan. Don't love that. Well, thank you, Tom Cruise, uh, for that wonderful intro. Mm. Um, let's start off with a mundane, as we do. Let's. And we have a mundane coming from the listener mailbag, which is just exploding at the moment. It absolutely is. And how is it that listeners are able to contribute their uh, their well, postulations? You know, so funny that you should mention that yeah. because there are various outlets. There is Instagram where they can find us at Lost in Postulation. There is another social media app with a blue little Tweety Bird where we don't have a blue check. No. Run by Probably. a guy that also launches rockets into space where they can find us at 
at Impostulation. There you go. No lost, because yeah. we're, we don't feel too lost on Twitter. And then our absolute favorite, email. Go Love to the email. Gmail. Lostimpostulation at gmail.com. You can't go wrong. If you end up in the spam, you end up in the spam. But, you know, we check that from what time it is. to time. We do check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our interns do. At the whole team. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Amazing stuff. Yeah. So, who, what do we have? So, we have Danny Tico from Barcelona writing nice. in. Nice, nice. Gracias. <laughs> exactly. Or Mercy, actually, if it's Barcelona, I should say. Yeah. Uh, from the Catalan. Indeed. Ah, Indeed. Good you. Eh? Man of the world. Unbelievable. Many, many hidden uh, talents here. Are yeah, you a big fan of that area of uh, yeah, the yeah. Iberian Peninsula? Sorry to the rest of Spain, but it is the best part officially of Spain. Okay. Goat autonomous province of Spain? You'd have to Catalonia? You'd have to think so, yeah. Okay. Don't ask me to yeah. name any other autonomous pro- provinces, oh, but <laughs> having been to Madrid and Barcelona, I, I emerged with a clear favorite. You're on the Barcelona yeah, side, 100%. seaside, vibes, oh, breeze coming in. Although, although, although. It does have that that rough touristy edge that we don't love, you know, like little pickpocketing, a lot of scams. On the Ramblas, yeah, yeah, many friends that have fallen yeah. victim to uh, to the old Ramblas tricks. A few watches taken a off few wrists. Watches taken uh, off a wrist. For one thing. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't uh, us though. It wasn't us. Thank yeah. God. No, uh, but uh, sorry, I'm interrupting yeah, the, okay. the postulation. But we love Barcelona, despite the pickpocketing on the Ramblas, we which we have not fallen victim to, fortunately, because we are very cultured travelers <laughs> cultured is probably not cautious maybe yeah yeah cautious that's get it. that travel fanny pack uh under the belt yeah yeah you, you still going around with that i should probably but no I'm, I'm a front pocket guy i'm like i've got my wallet and the phone in the front pocket and uh i mean i can't go wrong with that there you go um you know there we go anyway pocketing hacks so back to danny tico from barcelona danny thanks for writing in mm. uh, we're big fans of barcelona we're big fans of your work with these postulations absolutely danny wants us to postulate about airbnbs versus hotels oh I'm, great topic. yeah great topic yeah in particular within europe mm. i'm gonna phrase this as a mundane to you mm. airbnb or hotel one we call it uh if we were to jump in a time machine and go back to circa 2016, 17, 18, mm-hmm. my answer to you would have been Airbnb all the way every time because mm. the saving was fantastic. You could find a lovely, well-located place. Everything would be sorted out for you. A little bit of admin with the, you know, getting in, you have to meet the host or whatever. But once you're in, amazing, great stuff. Mm-hmm. I have since then, though, been burned as many of us have by the mounting prices, first of all. Mm -hmm. Dublin being a terrible example. I recently had to stay in Dublin uh, over Christmas and was about to book an Airbnb until I realized it was more expensive than a hotel. What is the point? Like, to, to, yeah, it was was absolutely outrageous. In your hometown of Dublin. Yeah. Nice pronunciation of Dublin. Was it all right? Close, but you could hear that it was, uh, it didn't feel natural. I didn't want to offend you. It's okay. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, mainly, main point being, it is sick expensive right now. And the meme that everyone's joking about online, but there's no smoke without fire, is you have to freaking clean the whole place now yourself. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. Like the the hosts now can can have cleaning terms. And it's like, if you don't do these things, we're going to charge you extra. And the things are, take the sheets off the bed, take the garbage, the rubbish, like out to the street or whatever. Like do a, a quick pass with the Hoover. Please use a squeegee on the shower. Like all these things, right? Mm. So again, you're like, okay, I'm paying the same price as a hotel. I'm having to be the housekeeping for this place. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to deal with all the extra stuff like, oh, there's a key box. Sometimes it's like an escape room to even get the key to the place. It's mm. like, there is a lockbox. There is a four-digit code. The code is the same as the number of the house, but please remove one digit. You're like, okay, come on. This is You love outrageous. escape rooms though, so yeah, maybe that's what's keeping you in. Exactly. <laughs> but like, keep let's keep the escape rooms in the escape rooms. You know, fair, sometimes you just, you've just you come off a long flight. You want to just get into your place and it's the last thing you need. Some of these lockboxes and, and all this carry on mm. and then also like i found even more more so than than hotels i found that sometimes the properties don't quite match the pictures right there's this weird review thing on an airbnb you can't sort the reviews by highest to lowest no and all the reviews are amazing 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 such a brilliant place absolutely everything is perfect and i guess it's people are doing that because they want to get the five-star rating back and i know it's like an uber yeah thing yeah. exactly and i know you can't see the rating until but no one for some, there's this different vibe on Airbnb with the reviews where everything is just amazing. Everything is awesome. But know? also, I think there isn't there something there where as a host on Airbnb, mm. I can kind of select which reviews are visible? I think so. I don't want to go out on a limb. but nah, I don't want to claim that yeah. either. Now, I know people who are hosts on Airbnb and they have told me that there is something you can do to be like a super host or something okay. like that. And if you jump through those hoops and take all the right photos and have your house at a certain standard and all this, right. then... 
those those properties are vetted and like properly good. So if ever I was going on Airbnb, I would look for the super host ones and go with that. And mm. probably you won't be disappointed. But the issue is price still down to it again. Like, yeah, I want to stay somewhere and not have any additional hassle when I'm staying there. It's right. already stressful enough. And anything to do with please clean the place, take the garbage out, take all this. I'm like, absolutely not. No. Sorry, this was a long response, but I, I'm passionate about this topic. Yeah. Well, so as you can hear, I'm hotels all the way. Well, welcome back because I didn't even have that 2017, 2018 yeah. phase of needing to do Airbnb. You go never on left. holiday, want to be pampered, mm. want the breakfast in the hotel, want to turn on the TV experience, uh, the local channels without having any clue what's going on. We like that. As yeah, we do, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, no, big fan of, uh, and hotels like, we're not talking about the heroes here, right? Mm. Because especially if you're booking via like a booking.com or whatever, you're going to end up with a lot of mismatches, uh, et cetera, right? Yeah. But the only times where we're actually looking at the Airbnbs and VRBOs is for a much more extended stay. So not necessarily mm. for uh, a holiday, but uh, hey, we're getting out of Copenhagen in the winter to go work over there on this island for a month or two yeah. then th then i have to start scoping out right because you're not going to stay in the five-star hotel for two months i mean i get you i, I wish get you. but a thought on that right so let's say it's a month right that you're staying that's like a month's rent you're going to be paying probably right. equal yeah. e equal ish or something like that right now if you're doing that through airbnb doesn't it just kind of not make sense because airbnb is taking a cut of that large payment of like perhaps mm -hmm. two thousand euro or a thousand mm -hmm. euro or something like that 15% or something like that. So wouldn't it be infinitely better to maybe, I don't know, use Airbnb as like a scouting thing to see mm -hmm. where stuff is. But then if I was ever having to live a month somewhere else, I would be getting off Airbnb straight away because that you'll get the price way lower, surely, if you can connect with the host. If yeah. you can do that, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's quite difficult because then they can... I guess, get kicked off of Airbnb. I don't know what the exclusivity agreements are or something. But yes, yeah. in theory, that is a workaround. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not uh, It's not all roses with the Airbnb. That's true. Definitely. I had a situation, a work situation recently where we had booked in an Airbnb for a team offsite. Yeah. And two days before, the guy was like, hey, so you can just transfer the money here instead. Don't Let's not use Airbnb. And it was like huge problem and we canceled the whole thing and ended up going somewhere else. But yeah. there these these scams are, are running. Right. Like people, exactly. Hosts are trying all sorts of stuff. Exactly. You know, to to get around it. But no, not no. fan of scams. Not a fan of Airbnb at the moment. What I can recommend though at the moment is VRBO for more extended stays, type of apartments, houses, especially huh. houses and villas. So let's say you and Yura want to go somewhere as you've done, you know, with three, four other couples, you yeah, know, yeah, on a yeah. holiday. It's it's a bit nicer uh, than hmm. Airbnb, a bit more professional also uh, in terms of the the I, services you get. I'm a bit surprised. I I would consider myself like relatively up to speed on on the new stuff, you know. Hey, but you I've know, never heard of I, this. I like to dabble in the in the tourism verbal. industry. I think know. if anything is going to take this uh, business down, it's its name, which is. Uh, it's impossible to say or pronounce. It's verbo. Verbo. V-R-B-O. I imagine villas, rental, yeah, bed, yeah, yeah. something along the like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we took a place in Marbella with that for two weeks around uh, Christmas yeah. this year. And we had, well, we have, uh, you know, the new delivery on the way uh, in October. Yeah, yeah. So we needed to make sure we had something that was relatively serviced enough and that they could also procure, you know, the uh the high chair and all of these types of things so oh, yeah, okay. that's a, that's an alternative at the moment but to be honest i mean when i can go hotel i go hotel i'm i'm curious if now you know with the new delivery coming with becoming the grumpy old man turned father figure now uh, as yeah. we discussed uh -huh, on previous uh -huh. podcasts indeed those if, words exactly yeah, almost, yeah well if uh then those type of stays rather than hotels will become more attractive to me than, Perhaps. than they are but who knows on this topic to wrap it up maybe if in, if listeners are interested in this topic i have a youtube video to strongly recommend it's one i sent you a while yeah, ago last summer i think exactly so it's from a channel called modern mba and the title of the video is why a airbnb fails to disrupt the hotel industry and i was a uh, as the title suggests, I was one of those people, before I saw that video, I was like, whoa, I would be worried if I was a hotelier, you know? Nah. And the, what this video very convincingly shows you is they are not worried at all. No. And never will be. And it's not even bravado. It's not even like hot air. They literally, you can you can look at the business case and be like, okay, actually, it's two completely different markets almost. Yeah. In fact, even the postulation coming through here, 
almost presupposes a level of overlap that there isn't with these industries. Right, that you're selecting between these two things. Exactly, at least from a business perspective, like uh, the hotels basically aren't worried about Airbnb and they don't think that their customers care uh, about Airbnb and they're Mm. probably right for the vast majority, for business travelers, for for all sorts of things. But that's where I think something that really changed the last three years, though, is business travel has gone down, obviously, Mm -hmm. and not not recovered nor will it to the same Never. level it was you know in 2019 yeah, yeah. and before that's where they were relying those were like business class on a plane yeah that's where you're making all your margins mm-hmm, right is mm-hmm. is on business travelers who aren't spending their own money yeah, so yeah. so it's quite obvious that going down uh probably is the only thing that, that can hurt hotels at the moment i would say but mm. still it's not uh, share stolen by Airbnb nah. and the like, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, what you'll see in the video is well, it's a franchise model, right? So mm-hmm. if I was a hotel own, like the, the owner of one of those franchises, I'm chilling because, like, okay, maybe I have a few too many franchisees at the moment. Mm-hmm. So you just buy them out. You just you just let them go. Yeah. So there's no like risk here that they have too many hotels or anything because they'll just cut them down. It's you know? McDonald's, so, baby. Yeah, it's amazing. That's the dream. If you ever. Uh, well, everyone to start that, a franchise. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm I'm all in. But uh, great, uh, great question. I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Danny Tico from Barcelona. And uh, listeners, keep writing us in. We're doing a lot of uh, travel postulations at the it's moment. The time of year, it must it's, be. It's yeah. got to be. Mm. Um, you have one uh, to to share from a listener from the mailbag as well, I believe. I sure do. Yeah. So, like my uh, my little holiday journal, which I um, I shared. It, it garnered a lot of responses, actually, and one uh, strong a strong response from uh, listener Cecilia, who uh, is a, a listener here in Copenhagen. Okay. Um, and she, she reached out saying she'd be really curious to hear our Paris versus Bali comparison, because I, I flagged, you know, Bali being the absolute tourist, don't want to say hellhole, but yeah, at least it was like the tourist apocalypse over there. And shocker, I have actually never been to Paris as a tourist. Nope. I've been through Paris going to Disneyland, but I've never been in Paris itself. So I can't actually speak to that. But you you have been in Paris, right? A lot of Paris. Yeah. Um, as a tourist, also for work. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. I've never been a huge fan of Paris, of France in general. Sorry mm. to the French listeners, but I'm not really sorry. I mean, you guys don't really treat your tours very nicely. Mm. So mm. that's that. Exactly. I think, um, but it remains what I will say about Paris is the city is built to impress. Yeah. And if you're just looking at it, bird's eye view, uh, the nice buildings, the nice areas, Champs-Élysées, etc. It is a beautifully built city with those broad avenues, etc. Mm-hmm. Then the issue is reality hits. It's a tram strike one day, trash strike the next day. Yeah. Then it's the subway metro on strike. Then mm-hmm. you go to Shah de Gaulle as an airport, which is basically a Soviet brutalist structure for yeah. some reason. It's not like they were part of the Soviet Union. No. Then, in fact, Napoleon invaded Russia. You know, I guess Shah de Gaulle was built in the eighties, maybe, or like upgraded in the eighties. Because yeah. that was because brutalism be was all the rage. That's yeah, so, yeah, that must be it. Yeah. So, like, they can do better. I don't think they really care. It's like mm. when you go into a store and. They expect you to speak French when you yeah. come from the U.S. And it's like, well, really? Mm. It's a city. And and that's the thing is, I think the Parisians are very aware that they are the epicenter of France. Mm. Naturally, they think then they're the epicenter of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, as a result of that, they think they can go without tourists which probably to an extent is true. It's not like a Venice, which exists just for that, right? Yeah. It is the capital of the second largest economy in Europe. Uh, and probably that creates a bit of the friction. I can imagine it is the most visited city for tourists in the world though, right? So must be. if you were to turn off the tourism overnight, I don't think they would be just fine. You know, like no. there, there would be a lot of people no. out of work. Um, I think yeah, it, it was a fair point. Uh, Cecilia, her, her point on it was Paris is overrated, 100%. Beautiful city, but so many issues and it does smell like urine unfortunately there you go and that's, and that's we don't like the smell of urine and she's uh half french actually so she would she would call love it like she sees it on this one yeah. love it the other half bringing some sense and and if i can add for cecilia because she uh dealt with two topics from that episode that was one of them and okay. the other was the night train so remember zitian wrote yes. in about the night train and he signed off basically saying he might consider it going north so cc actually did that oh funny enough so she said the night train from northern sweden to stockholm 
awesome experience and with hot water going down yeah so okay. they i believe her and her boyfriend did a big long hike of like three four five days in like proper up north sweden. mountainy sweden exactly yeah. and then the way back was the night train and awesome experience so it was a three sleeper but uh there was no one else in their carriage so basically a private carriage uh shared shower but no breakfast but still amazing so there you go okay. positive reviews from the night train downwards to stockholm okay okay now we gotta get you out to paris and then we gotta get up to the north of sweden with zitian on the night train 100 percent. on the night train so the travel postulations yeah they've come in thick and fast unreal and i have one more before we cut to a break here yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, loyal listener roy from west virginia slash chicago slash cleveland you know he changes every time keeps yeah. us on our toes yeah, yeah. Uh, we never know where he is he was uh, just in lisbon as well he wrote i mean he wrote us a bunch of stuff i'll cover one here world, exactly roy, yeah. roy wanted to write in about morocco oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah 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 and he said he had been to morocco in 2019 was not very impressed, would not mm. recommend it, and went as far as to say he just didn't really feel safe there. Yeah. But it gets worse. He said it was medium vibes. I think he said mid vibes. Mid vibes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's rough. To get with the parlance of the Gen Zs once again. Yeah, it is rough. And to be honest, this is why I raised it, right? Because on the last episode, you were all in on it. And I, I still am. I could have sworn I've heard a few people come back saying, eh, like, glad yeah. I went, but like, eh. And mid, mid vibes, as you say, like it really sums it up. You know? And that's that's the part that hurt me the most because if it had just stopped at don't feel so safe, the infrastructure isn't really yet up to the mass tourism mm. levels they need, etc. But mid vibes, that's kind of because it's all about the vibes. That's the death knell for any tourist destination, right? If the vibes are off. Yeah. I mean, that's what, for example, killed Bali for you. Oh, was oh, the those, vibes are those vibes. Those right? vibes are off, and then some in Bali. Sorry yeah. to say, at least in the areas I was in, I'm sure it's great in others, no. but. Yeah, I mean, I remain skeptical. You're going, right? To you're you're going to Morocco at some point. It's I, not ha- booked, but it's no, like, it's not booked. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. got to be done because I owe it yeah. to the listeners. Well, you went all in on it, like you doubled down. Right? Yeah, so, I've doubled down, so it's no it's got to happen. Yeah, yeah. I got to try to make it happen this year still. So I might be there with a, a two month baby just on on New Year's. You know, good, making well, it happen. Absolutely, good luck <laughs> with that. Jeez, yeah. actually, yeah, New Year's probably would be would be fine, right? But. Uh, Hmm. Well, if it's mid vibes, I don't think it's, it's not changed promising. much in New Year's. Not I mean, super maybe it's promising. even a bit colder. So, yeah, Morocco. I mean, do it for me, please. Hmm. Just make it happen. Get get the tourism ready. It's a balance, though, isn't it? Right, because the moment you do start to get there, you quickly turn into mass tourism, and you yeah. end up with your Bali situation. Guess, so there's yeah. that fine line. I think there's a period of like maybe one to two years when yeah. a place gets discovered and talked right. about in social media until it gets overrun. I've seen places like Georgia had this a few years ago. Um, where else? The Switzerland of the Caucasus. Kyrgyzstan had this a while as well. People were saying, oh, you got to go to Kyrgyzstan. Right. Amazing off nature. The off the beaten, yeah, all this. And then it gets super popular for a while and everyone goes, it's all on Instagram, etc. Right. So right. I don't know. Maybe Morocco is that now or maybe it was, but let's see what's next. Let's see what's next. And a tip, don't choose your travel destinations based on what you see on Instagram. Please. Because that'll yeah. make everything I've made that mistake a few times, yeah. Yeah. But there you go. There we are. Let's uh, cut to a break, and then we'll be back with a little bit more of Mailbag for the listeners. Listeners, welcome back. Continuing here with our Mailbag. Uh, This might just be rebaptized Roy's corner because he did not stop at Morocco. MVP of our mailbag right now. Unreal. He came back with a postulation or more a comment about playgrounds Mm. saying that the merry-go-rounds are a hard sell. Oh, Um, no. Yeah, and apparently he had, you know, a traumatic experience as a kid. He said Uh, it was fighting for his life on these merry-go-rounds. Yeah, I don't know how much hyperbole was in there, you know, to read between the lines. But he says a hard sell on the merry-go-rounds, which we didn't discuss much uh, during that uh, conversation. It flew under the radar, but had it come up, I would have been actually a strong buy on merry-go-rounds. Why is that? All the spinners. I just think they're great. So from the child and parent perspective, both win in this scenario why because the child all they have to do is sit still and be spun and they're having a great time 10 out of 10 experience they get a bit dizzy it's fun for the parent all they have to do is stand still and use one arm to like spin the thing around at best you know mm. give it a few hard swings you know it's fun. Right. 
and then momentum <laughs> takes it from there you know so uh they only have to spin it a few times and then they can chill while the kid just goes round and round. It's not like the swing where it's like a continuous push if the kid doesn't know how to use okay. the swing. Yeah. And it can accommodate more than one child at a time. You can load that thing up with kids. So is that your goat, actually? Mm, I still I was big on slides and I think I ah, still yeah, am the slide big one. on slides. Yeah. But I do think spinners, I, like any of the spinny ones, merry-go-rounds, you even have, when I was Googling this topic, which of course I did in preparation for last week's episode, <laughs> you can get these things called inclusive merry-go-rounds now, which are level to the ground and have a slot for wheelchairs to like come in and kind of slot into you know mm-hmm. so it's actually it's one of the more inclusive playground toys because or whatever you call them equipments because the other ones like the slide or the climbing frame sorry if the kids if in a wheelchair it's it's a no-go but this one actually is uh fully accessible so i'm i'm gonna disagree with roy on this one i am a full buy on the merry-go-round well there you have it i have no big feelings about it but maybe that's one i come back to you on uh, next year yeah, let's see once you've had it. There's a good one uh, near Fredericksburg. I can point you in the direction of that. Okay, but now you need, you need to stop because mm-hmm. when I challenged you on why you were going to many so many children's playgrounds, you said because you had a much younger brother who does not live here. It so why do you here. know the children's playgrounds here? Full transparency. If I'm on a walk with you and we walk past the playground and it's empty, we may go on a swing. Ah. Like, okay, sorry, sue me. It's, well, uh, there we're you not, go. We're not breaking any laws, okay? It's, no, all, no. it's all above board. Who would think that? No. No, thank you. So, and thank you, Roy, for writing that in, that hard sell. Um, Roy also had one final thing. Nice. We mentioned, for some reason, uh, the new Mission Impossible coming out, that it was number six or seven. I don't Franchises, know, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking about franchise movies, right? And we said that we both kind of stopped at Ghost Protocol, which was like number four, to which Roy said, disgusting, no loyalty. What do you have to say for yourself and for me? I I'm, I'm now becoming accustomed to Roy's use of hyperbole, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get overly uh, worried about it. But I think it's actually I, I kind of have to cop some responsibility to this because when after the episode I did Google to double check was I right was it seven it is seven and I was like Sh- I should probably watch these actually mm-hmm. because uh, apparently I've been sleeping on them and not just because Roy says it but like everyone apparently online apparently is, they've gotten better yeah, progressive exactly because uh, if you look at IMDb. First one, good reviews. Second one, quite bad reviews. Mission right. Impossible 2. I grew up with those two. Exactly. And that probably would have been what stuck in my head about yeah. Mission Impossible, where I was like, oh, isn't the first one good, but then they get bad from there? Mm-hmm. But Ghost Protocol was good, as I recall. And I never watched the other ones. So if they're also good, then yeah, maybe I've been missing yeah. uh, some Mission Impossible. Those are some of the few films people actually crash into the cinema to see. Exactly. Nowadays, so. Exactly. And loyalty. Interesting one about loyalty. Isn't it interesting how <laughs> we are, with Tom Cruise, we're willing to let go of the whole Scientology thing and just be like, you know, great movies, great guy, you know? Because that that's always is a little... Like, I could never call myself really fully a Tom Cruise fan mm. because of the Scientology stuff, you know? Well, it, it is interesting because there are so many artists, uh, musicians, actors, actresses, etc., that you write off their performances because of, you know, the baggage from personal life, tabloids, whatever. But that mm. seems to have never bled in for Tommy. Not really sure why it's, um, it's probably that good. I mean, if yeah. you look at him as a movie star, yeah, he's the movie star of his generation. Yeah, and he's 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 had his weird ups and downs. Remember, like jumping on the sofa and Oprah, Oprah and stuff. You know, yeah. like he's had moments where he's less or more liked. Let's say, but his net favorables, right? If he was a politician, I would say his net favorables as a movie star is probably top tier right now. Yeah. Like, who is higher? Who's more beloved? Like. Yeah. I can't think of many. Brad Pitt, maybe? Yeah, Brad, who, knows? who yeah. also has his baggage as uh, sure has been coming sure out does. lately. Formula One. Uh, yeah. I found myself out. the other night mm. defending Ben Affleck to the death to Maria mm. before we were going to sleep. I don't know yeah. why I always fall into... De- I have such a soft spot in my heart for the guy, yeah. and I don't know why. I have sympathy in a weird way for him. A lot. But it's weird that I... Why do I feel sorry for him? It's like, I guess he's had a tough time. He's with yeah. J-Lo now, but it's been ups and downs, right? He is famous for that meme, you know, where he's like smoking outside yeah. and just looking absolutely despondent, you know? So that's... When I think of him, that's that's kind of what comes to mind. I also don't think he did a great job as Batman from the DC clips that I've seen. You yeah. know, he just... It just wasn't a, a fit, you know, from the start. So I, I generally have feelings of sympathy towards him, but do I think he's an absolute smash hit actor and I love everything he does? Meh. You loved Argo, the one he directed and Certainly starred Certainly did not love Argo. Thanks for uh, reminding me. But like even Gone Girl, which I thought he did well in. Yeah, great film. He was fine. Stephen Fincher. 
directed by David. That's right, Dave. Oh, another classic for the book. Uh, we haven't had any big mistakes in a while, actually. So that's no. good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, is that it from our mail? Is our mailbag now empty? Can we shake out the mailbag? Uh, and- no, it'll never be empty, I'm afraid, now. Oh because uh, that's that's where we are. I have a quick reverse mailbag before we move on, though. How is this? What is this? Well, that's me writing to someone. Okay. Um, to For the listeners who aren't acquainted, that little intro music you hear at the oh, beginning of every episode yes. in between some of the segments, that's provided to us by Dr. Delight. Yeah, we've been shouting them out a bit now the last few yeah. episodes. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to know a bit more about this guy providing us with this music at such a fair price called Dr. Delight. So I found him on Instagram with our Lost Postulation account. And I, and I wrote Tracks him. Tracks him down. Sherlock Holmes over here. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Just kind of typed in Dr. Delight. Amazing. There was one of them. And I write, hi, Dr. Delight. Just wanted to let you know that we use your track Enough Said as the theme to our podcast show. Mm-hmm. Keep up the great work. You can listen to our latest episode here. Semicolon. Throw in the episode. Love it. I mean, I think 10 minutes later, I look in the DMs, as they call uh-huh, them, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for the support. Praying emoji, you know? Can't wait to check it out. Nice. And Very I put positive. a little heart to, to his comment. Beautiful. I mean, Beautiful. Dr. Delight. Certified medical doctor. Thank you for listening. PhD. Absolutely. He is literally saving lives every day with his delight. Uh, love it. If he's listening now, hello, Dr. Delight. Thank you for the music. And uh, yeah, more, Thank more to come. Thank you for the music. We can cut in some ABBA here if we can avoid getting sued for, for using it under copyright. But uh, I had a thought on this, actually. At a certain point, we need to like go to a new theme song, you know, after, say, a certain amount of time. It's oh, like, do we? Well, you've got to keep it fresh, you know. You can't have the same theme song. Forever. Very strategic discussions uh, live on the podcast. Live on air. So Behind maybe Dr. Delight has one that he'd like to propose. Maybe we can find one ourselves. But in any case. Craft one I would, especially for us. Oh, that'd be good. But I'd like to keep it within the Dr. Delight uh, universe. Right. The Delightverse or whatever. Loyalty, as yeah, yeah. Roy would say. Yeah. But we like he gets us, you know, or we get him, more to say. I think so. so yeah. Symbiosis. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, let's see if we can find, in whenever that day comes. I'm not saying let's change it now, but you know. When we get tired of the theme song, we will need a new one. And uh, I think the doctor can, can provide. PhD. So I'd say we've we've emptied the mailbag as much as we can. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, then just before we move on, I had a question for you, sir. Yo. Because you know I'm a big music fan. I've been uh, attending some concerts myself recently. Mm. However, there was one concert I didn't attend that you did last night, I believe. Yes, I did. Which was... The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. The Boss, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And the E Street Band, of course, featuring Steve Van Zandt, among others. But it was in Parkin. It was in Copenhagen. It was a sold-out crowd, I believe. Yeah. Two-night show. So this was the second night of two. Second night of two. You said you had some thoughts related both to the band and the performance, which was very Mm -hmm. positive. Mm -hmm. And then something else that you said... uh, you would you would save for the show. So let's see what what that is. Yeah. Well, Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band, ten out of ten. Amazing. I've never seen them live. Always wanted to. Grew up with Bruce on all the time. Mm. One of the few concerts where I could be there for three hours, sing along to almost everything. Amazing. Like so that just amazing uh, experience. Uh, they're having so much fun up there mm. actually. Mm. And if you think about it, they've been touring starting in the U.S. and then coming to Europe since February. Mm. Bruce is seventy three. Okay, yeah. Silvio Dante, Steve Van Zandt is even 76 maybe, but they've known each other forever. His wife's up there with them. There's 19 people on the stage in any given moment. Really? Yeah. Oof. Saxophone is Clarence Clemens' nephew now. Yeah, That's yeah. super cool, super cool touch. Uh, he's activating everyone, really getting them involved from the band, giving them their solos, giving them their space, which is something when you just listen to Bruce. So it's a touring band, the E Street yeah. Band, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not... A, a recording band, live, let's say. Yeah, so they're yeah. all about the live performances. Yeah. So they're just having a blast. When they're then going off the stage, he's clapping each one of them on the back, saying, hey, great show tonight, all of this. Like, And he loves it at 73. Yeah. And it's a bit, it's kind of that whole Michael Jordan thing of you think like, they've got to have an off night. I mean, you've been touring for that many months, doing the same thing in that same stadium just two nights before. But it's that, that Michael Jordan thing of, you know, these people... They paid for a performance. Mm-hmm. We got to give them the same performance we gave to all That's the others. Professionalism, on the goodness, right? right? Yeah, professionalism, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So that super impressed by, uh, super happy to to have seen Bruce because it could very well be the last time, right? Most I mean, likely. those vocal yeah. cords are quite used up. Mm. Um, now, 
the other aspect of it stadium crowds mm. for concerts and yeah. this is where someone like you that keeps his foot firmly jammed uh between the door that separates us from us mere mortals from the music industry <laughs> love can, that description can yeah. shed some light on i think it's the second time i give that description so you know second of many hopefully yeah, yeah. exactly stadium crowds now i'm not going to get into the whole tech acoustic side because quite frankly i would never notice the difference i, mm-hmm. I have no clue mm-hmm. the energy the stadium needs to give a lot back to the band, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. And if that's not there, it kind of kills off a bit the atmosphere of such a concert. So yeah. if you're not, we were standing, right? In the, what do you call it? That Not the mosh pit, but parterre. you know. Yeah. yeah, parterre, right? But not at the front. So not at yeah. like this golden circle. Mm-hmm. There is kind of, I think, where all the, the fun and the diehards are a bit, yeah. where you think there's a great atmosphere because mm-hmm. all you see is what's around you. Yeah. Where we are, there's also all the people sitting and everything, which actually were remaining sitting. Now, sure, older than average crowd to a mm. Bruce concert, just demographically. Um, but I think I would have more fun if ev- if everyone around me was also singing along mm. to everything. I mean, it didn't stop me. I was air guitaring. I was all over the place, sweating through my shirt, just like the boss himself. Mm. Mm. But there was something there for me that made it not as fun as a result of the crowd not being so into it i'm not so i'm not shocked to hear that and i think it's inevitable when you go above a certain number of a crowd Mm. you just won't have diehards or at least the the distribution of the diehards will be too uh, scattered Mm. for there to be a guaranteed buzz right 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 really that's the situation where you kind of a need to make your own fun a bit like you did you know just don't care and then b get lucky and hopefully be next to some other diehards you know right um the best experiences I've had with large capacities like that, unfortunately, sorry to say, it's in the Golden Circle. And I have sprung for tickets to the Golden Circle before. Kendrick Lamar I saw in Golden Circle. Yeah, uh, Amazing. The other great example was, uh, I wasn't in Golden Circle for Guns N' Roses in Parkin, but I was as far forward as you can be. So I basically, I got more okay. or less the same experience. Yeah. And then I saw the Chili Peppers in Ireland at a large um, arena kind of style thing. Yeah. And well, that was a crazy one. I got there so early before all the openers and anything had had even um happened okay and they were they were just like giving people golden circle wristbands because apparently they hadn't sold enough tickets so they were they were just let's fill this golden circle okay because otherwise it's gonna look really weird right it's like empty space right right so that's one top tip maybe if depending on how how dedicated our listeners are if they're going to a gig that they know has a golden circle and they don't mind waiting uh, a little bit just get there super early get there outdoors basically and see you might get lucky and just kind of see if you can wander in because Every the I have to say it, there's never been a time I've regretted Golden Circle. It does change everything, right? Hundred percent. Okay. And the atmosphere yeah. is fantastic. You're yeah. you're with everyone knows every word. Like right. you know, and and the cool thing is if you want you can take a step back as well because there's always in the Golden Circle there is still a little bit of space behind you towards Buffer. the barrier so you can just take a few steps back if you need a little break and then okay. back in you go amazing That's, yeah so I think had you sprung for Golden Circle I think you would have had the exact experience you wanted yeah and how, it, I didn't hear how far back you were but I guess you were like. 50% or like 60 or something. Yeah, like. maybe say from the edge of Golden Circle, 25% back. So yeah. I'm actually surprised then that yeah. there wasn't a better atmosphere. Yeah, but, but I think that might yeah. be also a bit cultural and, and demographic as well, mm. you know, maybe in terms of, I mean, he does bring in all like every age, basically yeah. from his age down but and even above his age probably. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not a guaranteed party, unfortunately, at, at Bruce, I would say. No, not in that. I mean, for me, it was, again, great time. I yeah. just had kind of that reflection on, you know, what was missing, you know, yeah. nitpicking a bit. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, I'll tell you what was missing, though, and that's, so two hours and 45 minutes of nonstop music. It's outrageous, yeah. And he still managed, I wrote down the songs, to fill out an album of songs he didn't play that night, most of which were hits. Wow. You ready for this? What? Yeah, go on. Yeah. The River. He did. So these ones he did not play? He did not play. Wow. Born in the USA. What? No, he didn't play. I'm on fire. Wow. I'm going down. Jeez. Human Touch, Brilliant Disguise, My Hometown, Fire, and Hungry Heart. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, that just speaks to his catalog, though, that he has. And that's the crazy thing, right? So still, two hours, 45 minutes where I'm singing along to everything. And yes, I'm a borderline, you know, diehard or whatever. Mm -hmm. But still, the fact that 
the choices they have to make to curate what yeah. they're going to go on tour with. Like, that's crazy. Although, it, there's a website you can check, uh, setlist.fm. Mm-hmm. You can see what he's played at that gig and every other gig on this tour. Yeah. And I think what you'll find is they're probably mixing it up massively from night to night. Apparently not as much oh, on really? this tour. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Wow. Because there was, there was actually some, apparently... Uh, curation work behind the reason of why these songs were put together. There were like themes throughout, right? So like there was the whole first stretch, which was night songs, like songs with night in it. And he did a wonderful cover of Night Shift. Did he talk about that when he was performing? Uh, No, no. not really. Not really. Went on set. Exactly. Just just did the job, right? And uh, no, but uh, really, really great. And then there was the last hour, you're like, Oh, he still hasn't done Badlands and all of these, and then Born mm. to Run, and all of a sudden it's all of those strung together. Yeah, and it's just yeah, yeah. the base. Yeah, the home, the the victory lap. Home. Exactly, yeah, the yeah. victory lap. So mm. no, I mean, really cool experience. Uh, you know, and I I just find it amazing that that's someone that my own father saw in concert during yeah. Born in the USA tour in the eighties. Insane, and I'm seeing him now. The longevity. Like 40 There's years not many later. like him. Not yeah. many like him. No, yeah. exactly. And also to have, I mean, we've discussed Bruce on the podcast before, but like, if you listen to all the albums, like Nebraska, a totally different album from Born in the USA, for mm. example, he's even played with the genres and uh, fascinating guy. Still lives 15 minutes from his hometown in New Jersey. Mm. Never moved. Jersey boy. Yeah. Jersey boy. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Well, on that note, we've thoroughly not only shaken out the listener mailbag, but also caught up on any recent cultural events we've attended. Exploits. Absolutely. So I think with that, we jump to one more quick break and then we'll come back with a quick topic on some famous awards. Listeners, welcome back once again to the final segment of today's episode of Lost in Postulation. We are getting in, as I said before the break, to a favorite topic of ours, which is, of course, awards. Mm. We love those awards. The Oscars in particular has a special place, I think, in our hearts. Yeah, for better or worse. For better and worse, yeah. Yeah. Although, second place, I think, is the Emmys for me. Yeah, and probably actually edging into first in terms of cultural importance these yeah, last few years indeed indeed a little bit one side of the emmys what i found over the years because each year there's really only about three or four shows that absolutely smash it mm, and yeah. like when it was game of thrones it was game of thrones and when it was you know uh i don't know what else well sopranos was just sopranos that for was just eight a years clean right? sweep every in every category right yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course no surprise it'll be succession this year um however Perhaps good competition, though. good competition, and some good, um, yeah, some good categories where succession doesn't really compete as much, where we may see some some interesting, uh, yeah, upsets. So, what we thought we would do here in this final section, because there is still some time until the actual Emmys, and lots can happen between now and then. Mm. We've seen basically most of the relevant shows, I think, yeah, ourselves between us. Between us, we have, and we had a quick discussion offline uh, over the last week just about who we think might win, what are the easy calls, what are some potentially uh, close races, etc. But let's not let's not go there for now. Instead, what we thought we would do is ask the listeners for their take on who they either want to win or maybe think will win. Let's see, let's see how that shakes out. And we did that via our social media, so the the magic of Instagram, where we can run some polls. That's exactly what we did, and we got some answers from the listeners. We did indeed, Neil. And the first one was, who should win Best Drama Series? Mm. And as a reminder, the the nominees for that one. Nominees. Succession, The White Lotus, The Crown, Better Call, Soul. And I think there's probably a couple more, but there's a couple also ran, let's say. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Before we reveal the listener take on this, I think we, is your take as, as expected on this? I think yes. Yeah. I think Succession for me. Um, Although... I think White Lotus, that second season of White Lotus, in any other year yeah. without that masterful final season of Succession would have actually probably won this. 100%. And the reason they'll lose it on top of that is final season versus non-final season. Yeah, right? probably. So that like the Emmys, they know that the way it is that like this is their last chance to give any recognition to Succession. Mm-hmm. So they'll go all in on it. And we know Mike is, is already cooking up season three in Thailand for right. uh, for White Lotus. So it's like, okay, he'll get his chance next year. You know? And it's it's also debatable whether White Lotus should be in this category for yeah. drama series one instead of comedy but mm. two why 
each season of White Lotus doesn't really get seen as a limited series. Yeah, how many episodes was it? Like six? Well, six, eight? but there's yeah. apart from Jennifer Coolidge, there was no common thread. So yeah, between them, they're yeah. almost different shows, right? In a way, but on true. the other hand, I mean, same creative team, etc. Right? No, it's true. And yeah. yeah, conceptually very similar. But no, you're right. Like it, it. You could argue it's a limited series, but I guess they know they they always apply, right? The, these the the production teams can choose where to apply for right. the show. And sometimes you do see, also in the Oscars, you see some really weird things going in for comedy. Yeah. Like uh, there was like that um, that Matt Damon movie when he was on Mars that came in as a comedy. The Martian. Example. Yeah. It, it, the one where he was on Mars. Exactly. Purely yeah. playing the playing the odds, knowing that they yeah. might get an Oscar if they go that way. So yeah. I get that too. But I'm with you basically that succession, sorry to say, it's no competition. They'll walk away with this one. And uh, big congrats to White Lotus for a very strong season. Absolutely. Mike White. Also, fans. Better Call Saul was in there, right? Yeah. Uh, do you want the results? Yeah. What are the What are the listeners say? from our listeners? Sixty percent to Succession. Yeah. Uh, that could be higher. Even could I be higher. Yeah. Thirty to White Lotus. Wow. Ten percent to Better Call Saul. Someone loves Better Call Saul out there in our, Someone, in our listener yeah, base. Yeah. Exactly. It was good. It was zero percent to the Crown. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but like a lot it doesn't, of single vote does not do it for me. Yeah. Well, I thought but, you were a huge fan of uh, like the UK British royal royalty. Family. You would think. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. Shocker. But. Uh, there you go. So I think that one is pretty one and done or it's pretty uh, straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there is something here because you mentioned like why isn't Succession higher? Mm. And that's a realization you and I have actually come to throughout season four of Succession is that not as many people as we thought actually watch Succession. Very strange. There's very still... loyal following, but yeah. it's not to the levels of what some other things have been. It's shocking to me though, really. And, and I guess, you know, I'm, I don't know why, but... I keep meeting people where I'm like, oh, well, you know, succession, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, right. oh, what is that? Succession. What is that? Yeah. Like, How do you spell live. that? Yeah. They're like, what yeah. is that about? And it's like, ha- what? Like, it's the only thing that anyone- Do you live yeah. under a rock? But I, it really, I guess, says that we just have such an echo chamber, us, you know, with, with the stuff we watch that we all talk about it to each other and that's right. it. But if you're not in that echo chamber, you'll maybe never come across it, you know? No, exactly. Weird. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. so that's an easy one. Yeah, exactly. I Do you think, because I haven't seen it, is Better Call Saul there because of its final season or is it there because they're giving the whole thing uh, praise mm, for ending? That certainly helps. I'm, I always right. think the final season thing helps. I do think that Better Call Saul's best season is its final season though. Okay, well, there so, you go. I do think it deserves it's to be. It's a nine on IMDb, that's weighted a, average. That's a little bit generous, I would say. But it's good. Like, it's really, really good. Okay. But it's not like Sopranos, The Wire, you know. Succession. succession it's not in that it's not yeah. in that conversation okay. for me anyway. well it's not hbo so. some of our listeners think it is so i'd love to hear yeah otherwise, I'd but uh, love to hear more because yeah. there's more love coming for better soul in uh, later yeah. but the next one is who should win best comedy series yes for which the top four were barry the bear ted lasso abbott elementary mm. uh, basically i mean you have barry from hbo this mm. one is quite diverse the bear disney plus i believe mm-hmm. slash fx Ted Lasso, Apple TV Plus, Abbott Elementary, I'm not sure, but I don't think it's HBO. So I think all hmm. from different networks, which is quite interesting. And rare for this because across yeah. the nominations, I think it was HBO all the way mostly. Yeah. There, was even, there was even some categories where it's just HBO. Yeah, it's like just Succession and My Lotus. Fight. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, question here. First of all, what is The Bear? I'm showing my so ignorance. So The Bear, I haven't seen The Bear. I've yeah. been told to watch it. So last year was the first season now they just came out with a second one from how i understand it top chef in michelin restaurants whatever Mm. starts a food truck business that's the base premise is kind of my understanding of it okay and everyone who has seen it raves about it okay so i'm open to watching it i need to get disney plus back again which is yeah yeah, well, bit annoying, but okay. I'll you got do it. Atlanta on there too, so yeah, I've heard this. Atlanta. I think shot. I've been gone long enough now that there's enough on it that right, that would exactly. justify the last few so couple good. months. Right, I'm also one of the f- three people in the world who hasn't seen Ted Lasso, so I yes. need to get what is it? I'm Apple, Apple TV Apple Plus. Oh man, yeah, I just so much catching up to do. But didn't Ted Lasso sweep it last year? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, potentially the last two years on yeah. comedy. Uh, so that, they killed it. This is my only reflection here that I feel Ted might be running. Also, I've heard the quality has dropped a bit. The on, third on season Ted. wasn't the best season. Yeah. Um, on so. the other hand, I think there is something with Ted Lasso that it is so feel good. Yeah, yeah. That is heartwarming. Yeah. to give it an award oh it'll you know? pick up a few i think maybe yeah. some acting or so yeah. they did i i do also have to say on this third season without spoiling 
they did also touch on some tougher subjects. I mean, okay. we're talking mental health, things like mm, this, mm. which uh, isn't very easy for okay. a comedy. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean it should win. Just something I, I caught. Well, what do the listeners think will win? So the listeners, zero, no votes to Abbott Elementary. I don't really know what that is. but I, I don't either. Yeah, okay. Uh, we need to do our jobs better. We do, yeah, yeah. We need to watch all the content. Do we, uh, Like yeah. we tried for the Oscars. We got pretty close. That was intense. I, I got there afterwards, but yeah. Barry, 12% only. Which I just finished binge-watching with Maria. Yeah. We watched the whole thing over like 10 days. That's crazy. Loved it. Mm. The Bear, 38%. Edged out slightly by Ted Lasso with 50%. So if we would keep this up until September, I mean, the Bear, people seem to love it. Wow. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm also not surprised to see that kind of fervent support for, for Ted Lasso. It really seems to have like this base of support which just doesn't go away yeah. we have a ted lasso magnet up on our fridge with the word believe over love it that's how much i buy into it is it. feel good isn't it yeah that is the whole it's feel thing. good it's inspirational it's all yeah. okay okay oh, and no. it's was most likely the final season ah okay not official that might not work against them see they should have announced it if they wanted no. those uh, Emmys. but brett goldstein who plays the roy Keane inspired character on yeah. ted lasso yeah. your fellow country My, roy yeah, Keane, yeah, your idol as a boy I would go as far Arguably, as to say. Yes. Um, he wrote Shrinking, which is the other Apple TV Plus uh, comedy with Jason Siegel mm. and Harrison Ford about the therapists, okay. uh, which is quite funny. So ah. just a little note there. I actually recommend Shrinking. So there's a lot for you to chew on on Apple TV+. A lot Plus. to catch up on, yeah. yeah. The next one, Best Actress in a Drama Series. Mm. You got Sarah Snook for Succession. Elizabeth Moss for Handsmaid Tale, which I didn't know kept going until yeah, this year. Shocker. Bella Ramsey, the young Bella Ramsey of The Last of Us. And Carrie Russell in The Diplomat. Mm. You didn't watch The Diplomat. Didn't watch didn't. The Diplomat. I think Bella Ramsey did well to get get a nomination there. So that's and she won't get it. And she's very young. So like there's there'll be more in her career. She'll get one eventually. Yeah, you Bella. Know? But I think she did a great job. It was a hard, hard role. A lot of focus. Like she was on camera the whole thing, like right. the whole time. And she hasn't done that much. It's like she did Game of Thrones uh, where she was one of the Mormons, you know, um, family. But like she didn't, she hasn't really done that much like big, big, big TV. So I think she did really well to take that starring role and had some great scenes. Uh, don't don't think she was like 10 out of 10 in it though. And I think that'll, that'll work against her. But yeah. uh, she doesn't get my vote, unfortunately. And my vote does go to the obvious, Sarah Snook. Sarah Snook, Succession, yeah. Shivy, Shivy, Shiv. Um, yeah, yeah. She took our listeners poll 50%. Yeah. Bella Ramsey in second with 33%. Elizabeth Moss with 17%. No love for Carrie Russell. Speaking of Scientologists as well, that's where... Eliz yeah, yeah, true. But Ray's the Scientologist, actually. Mm, There's mm. a really interesting New Yorker profile about her. Wow. Uh, that's enough to put me off of though as well, sorry to say. Man, you're, you're going to have to explain yourself, you know? I mean... It's not a fan uh, of Scientology. No, it's a horrible, I mean, we uh, got that, solution. but I think the listeners want more. Oh, wow. Well, not today. Let's do a future episode then, because yeah. I can go go pretty hard on, on Scientology, yeah. But uh, cool. So that's a clear one. That's open and shut, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And you know who I think... No, that would be more in comedy, but who I think should get more love in these nominations that mm. I didn't see? Mm. Pauline Chalamet. Give it up. Never. She is a lost it's cause. I'm dying on. She's a sell. I'm sorry. She's a sell. Next category. Mm -hmm. The the final one we pulled from the listeners this time. Best actor in a drama series. How do you spell stacked? Yeah. This is actually probably the hardest one to call of the whole Emmys. And I only took the top four here. But mm. then there was also Brian Cox and there was also Jeff Bridges. Yeah. For, for it's TV unbelievable. Show, TV yeah. shows. Unbelievable. Yeah. Kieran Culkin, Succession. Uh -huh. Bob Odenkirk. Better Call Saul, mm. or in Spanish, Better Call Saul. Saul. Nice. Pedro Pascal, The Last of Us. Jeremy Strong, Succession. It's the tightest poll we've so had. So stacked. It literally, it could go to any of them. Yeah. I don't, I feel like Better Call Saul is just somehow out of the loop in terms of Emmys love. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, it, it doesn't, like, I, don't, I just don't see the Emmys going against Succession and picking... Uh, yeah, and also I don't uh, how can, but yeah. like I don't see how it could go to all of them I don't think it can go to Pedro Pascal over one of the two succession guys nah but also you saw the series he didn't like it, it was good but it wasn't like life changingly what I take insane. away from The Last of Us yeah. isn't the acting isn't mm. the writing well, it's, it's the yeah. show it's the entertainment yeah. of it to me still 
even with now some time in between it, what I take away is episode three, basically. Still? Yeah. I just think that was by far the peak of the show. Nick Offerman and our, our good Armand pal. from Armand. the White Lotus. From White Lotus. Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett putting in absolute work. No relation to Jed Bartlett. No relation. President of the United States and the West Wing. States. You might have lost a bit. <laughs> so I don't know where we went there. Maybe South Africa a little bit. No, but... Uh, <laughs> remember this day, boys. Remember? Uh, that's for you. breaking my TV, bro. That was Scottish almost. Yeah, yeah that is, but that's the DiCaprio in Blood Diamond. Yeah, he really botches that South Africa. I love the commitment, though. Yeah. Sorry, we're way off. So uh, I think my point... What was my point? Oh, yeah. My point is, uh, further down the list of nominees, you'll see Nick and Murray are nominated for Best Guest Actor Performance. Uh, that is a lock. One of them has it. What the hell is that for a category? I know, I know, I know. Best guest actor performance. Love that. I would love to know when that was started because it's it, it's so funny that there's enough of them that there's like it's a thing, you know. Well, we could start doing best listener post guest listener postulation. Absolutely, we have yeah. enough now for yeah. a stacked category. We and would and have Roy to is like, automatically disqualified uh, he, he, for just being just disrespectful. Oh yeah, yeah true. He is yeah. he's definitely the le- the most challenging of uh, listener <laughs> postulations. That's for sure. Show respect. But uh, so this one, yeah, I think it has to go the way of succession, and it's super interesting to know or to guess which way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I I really can't call it other than my intuition slash reading of the online buzz leans me actually towards Kieran. But what do you want? What do you, you want, want? Kieran? Your I fellow countryman. Let's do call him your fellow Kieran. countryman. I do want Kieran. And there's also, this is very um, simplistic of me, but I've heard that Jeremy is a little bit too much for on set. He's a little bit too... Uh, <laughs> you say that like, I'm an insider. I've heard yeah. it. We've all read the In profile. the industry, the chatter in the industry, <laughs> we've all read the profile. And for that reason alone, and Brian Cox said the same thing, which is like, my boy, have you considered acting? Yeah, this this kind of thing of like, let's not over. I don't. I don't want to support so high minded an approach to acting, right? Yeah, he and said think, it's a typical American behavior. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think Kieran has it right, which is like he was perfectly cast for the role, smashed it, gave it his all, full commitment, amazing acting. I just think that's who I want to see win it. I don't want to give Jeremy the satisfaction of mm, being told that of that his method is right because it's not right. <laughs> Harsh, Coming from Harsh two Prefer. Macbeth actors here. Uh, no, not me, but you no, are. You're a Macbeth you, technician. Sorry, yeah. You are a t- two-time Macbeth actor, to be <laughs> fair. It's a back. You're a veteran of, of the Macbeth game. Well, and, and a climber of the ladder, starting as the messenger, ending up as Macbeth. Your, I mean, your trajectory is good. The trend is your friend. You'd say so. Then quite a fall from grace after that. But well, you couldn't go any higher. No, right? that's true. There Can't you go. go higher than Macbeth. Well, you could. Lady Macbeth, I think, is that's the role. higher. That's yeah. the role for you. Yeah. So, I want Kieran to win. You want Kieran, but you think... I think Jeremy will win. It's a shame. Yeah. It's too good. He's too good. Like, he's the one that makes you feel the most things. If I may. Yeah. The show mm-hmm. is about him, I will go as far as to say. I suppose it is, in a way. Yeah. But Controversial. That doesn't mean he has to win. But <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually with these Emmys and yeah. the Oscars, you can even point to a specific scene where they won it, right? And with Kieran, you have that, which is the, the speech at the funeral. Where he, you know, he totally couldn't do it, you know, but that it was like visceral. That was like, mm. or you could even say his dad, when, when Logan died, that was also Or when top he tier. confronts Matson on top of the mountain. Also good. Yeah. So but you has- know where Jeremy takes it? Where? The final scene of the whole friggin' show. Uh, I'm the eldest boy, that one. Yeah. That, that is his Emmy moment. As in, if he was going to win it, it would be on that basis, I think, for that scene. And Logan's is in the in episode two where he's like we're pirates, you know that. So oh, by the way, spoiler yeah. alerts! Like yeah. a lot of them, just in the last thirty. Well, whatever. Yeah, I don't think we care anymore. Oh, for spoilers, no. You well, all had your yeah. chance. Yeah. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's a diehard Succession fan who's like, oh no, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> like, really? You you waited like two months and it still haven't? Yeah. So no, I don't. I have no sympathy for them. But I still think it's going to go the way of Kieran. I know. I know you you think it'll go Jeremy. You want it to go Kieran, but. Yeah. Do you want to hear from our listeners or you you don't care? You're that out of touch now. It seems as I don't care, but I actually do. I want to know. So please, what did they say? In last place with 12%, Jeremy Strong, succession. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Tied for second with 25%, Karen Culkin, succession, and Bob Odenkirk, Ooh, better called Saul. This is our strong soul fan base coming through again. Yeah, Running away with 38%. Oh no. 13% gap. Pedro no Pascal, really? The Last of Us. Jeez. Now, I guess this is what they want to win. Because we didn't ask yeah. them who do you think will win. But 
I'd be interested, listeners, on this one. Give us your pitch on why Pedro. Like, what what moment in, in The Last yeah. of Us stood out to you? I know he had some emotional scenes with his brother. Yeah, there's some good stuff. But, like, I, I don't remember ever watching an episode and thinking, acting masterclass here from him. It's also, how many episodes was it? It was eight? Nine? Nine, maybe. Maybe ten. Yeah. And he actually isn't even in all of them, right? That is true. He's, He's in barely maybe in seven out three. of nine. Yeah, 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 true, true. Your favorite episode three. It's just but I liked so episode three, but I think there's still a crescendo after it up until... Mm. Kansas City. Kansas City, you've been saying, yeah. It's a tough one to call. Um, I think it'll. I think I'll be proven right. Let's see. But uh, that's time. only the beginning of Emmy Mania, though. Oh, absolutely. We'll be coming back to it time and time again. I'm sure. More and more polls, and Neil. While we're at it, rounding out another hour of podcast recording. Amazing. That is 27 episodes. How do you 27 feel? Club. How do I feel? What do we believe? <laughs> what do we believe? Uh, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld. That's a good one. Vice, if anyone wants yeah. to go back and watch. Um, how do I feel about the podcast, about the episodes? It's like a State of the Union, a quick exactly. uh, wrap-up. About where on, you are in life. I think I mean. we're on, wow, it's a therapy session suddenly. <laughs> Always is. I believe, I think we're in a good place. We have all the socials up and running nicely now. We have listener postulations coming in thick and fast. We have settled into a nice flow. We have our segments sorted out. We have some great stuff. We have the pop culture culture tier list ready for revival. We have the ultimate celebrity interrail trip ready for revival. We have all these all these things ultimate in the bag. Celebrity you know? Everest climb. Also, yeah, because yeah. it, it depends where you bring the celebrities. Probably there's other things we can bring them on. So I think we have a wealth of content in mind here. The listeners are enjoying it from what I can see. So I think we're in a pretty good place. That's my state of the union. I appreciate it. That's uh, now we're gonna hear the the rebuttal from the opposing party. You know when they do State of the Union yeah, then please. it goes on TV right after someone representing the other party. Devil's right? advocate. Yeah. Hit me. Yeah. No, it won't be me. Um, I agree. I agree with your State of the Union. Uh, you know, this bipartisan approach we're, we're having here. <laughs> Cross the aisle. I love that. Uh, and the words of a mentor of yours, Jeremy Clarkson, on that bombshell, we're going to tune out to Dr. Bill.